Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We are back. We are back. We are back. The Flowtrack Podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. You can also find the show on YouTube where you can subscribe, find all the clips. Gordon, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad. Going to go to a track meet tonight, which is something I haven't been able to say for, let's see, a year? I've been to a cross-country meet, but it's been about a year since I went to a track meet. You know, one thing that I realized, uh, mm-hmm. what was it? Nine days ago, February 17th, was actually our one-year anniversary of this podcast. We started on February oh, okay. 17th, 2020. And now it's February 26, 2021. Who would have thought we would have made it a whole year? Who would have thought that we would have started it right before the sport and every sport shut down? Who would have thought at the, at the moment? Those early episodes are probably not very relevant to, to today. So later on the show, I'll talk about that meet I'm going to, the Texas Qualifier. Gordon will also talk about his individual rankings. We teased them yesterday. He talked about the team. But we will get into the individual rankings today but first you wanted to lead off with some results from yesterday you were paying attention to the acc and the sec indoor championships not many indoor meets left in the season gordon both for collegians and for for pros we're getting to the very end of it here what stood out to you when you were watching those two conference championships well the number one thing uh or most notable mark had to have been in the men's dmr at sec's Ole Miss won the race in 929. Alabama got second in 931. But when you look at the splits, Ole Miss's anchor, Mario Garcia Romo, who's kind of like a 510K guy in a in a way, he split 354 on the anchor. But Alabama, who got second, who lost the meet by two seconds, their anchor, Iliad Kipsang, ran 351. 351. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty quick. What, what, yeah. And I look good running at him, start. He's, Maybe he's great with the running start. That's my conclusion. Maybe he's great with the running start. Those extra, uh, nine meters, right? Because it's 1600 and not a mile help you out. Mm-hmm. But 351 is no joke. And in an era now where, you know, the Oregon guys are running 350s and 353s, and now you have, Iliad Kipsang of Alabama running 351. You just, it's a different time right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
351 is quick. What do you think? Where did you have them? Where did you have them finishing in the DMR prior to this race? And where did you have no, Kip saying finishing in a mile before? Nowhere. This race? I mean, their their leadoff <laughs> leg ran 302. Like they, mm -hmm. the only reason they got second in this race is because Kip saying basically ran a whole 10 seconds faster than third place than the third place team's anchor leg. So that how many makes people up did he pass? Um, what, what place were they in when he got the stick? Because this so is were... it's probably an ideal, I mean, you don't know based on the splits, but to run your fastest mark, you want to be chasing. And so many so times were... the good teams have the best guy and they're never chasing. They're up front. So there are a total of 13 teams. He got the baton in 10th place out of 13. <laughs> Nice. And they he was six seconds back of the leaders, like the lead pack. Mm -hmm. He was six seconds back. And then he he basically runs 351, passes everyone except for Oldness. Yeah. It reminds me of high school DMRs where the talent distribution is a little more spread out. When you go to the college ranks, a lot of it's concentrated. So the team that has the best miler also has a pretty – good 1200 meter runner and 800 meter runner so they get the stick and they're right there and there's no reason why they need to run a 351 and then we've seen this before sometimes they play games sometimes it gets tactical and they sit around and wait and then they do a really fast last quarter but the time itself doesn't blow you out of the water this was set up it's when you're getting the ball baton that far back and you can just pass people the motivation is right in front of you the whole way around right that's yeah, cool. it's kind of like, like uh, the Drew Hunter. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. Drew Hunter ended up winning, but at Penn Relays, when Hunter ran a four flat mile, or was it four flat? I don't know what he ran. He ran ten seconds faster split than the other team's anchor, and then they he yeah. basically caught the the team at the very end. If you guys remember, in twenty was it twenty sixteen seventeen? I don't know. Maybe six. It was sixteen. He was a high schooler in sixteen. Uh, but yeah, yeah it kind of remind me of that with the just passing everyone and their mom up until the very end. So how yeah. so how close did he get to catching Ole Miss? Uh not that close. He lost Ole Miss okay. by two seconds. Okay. But so, which is listen, wild. I can't I mean, get I can't pass any more people. I'm done. Yeah, but like he ran like four seconds five seconds faster than third place. I guess they're mm -hmm. trying to go for a time because I think this time will get them in to qualify for nationals. So that was like the big motivation is that it wasn't just about your place. It was about putting up a mark that's top 12, which I think Alabama now will be top 12 and they'll be, they'll qualify for nationals. Mm -hmm. So 1600, not mile. Can't so you can't use this as mile PR. What, what are the rules on this? If you're, if you're really what you keep saying, do you upload to Strava and be like, listen, I passed a lot of people in this race. Was feeling good. Wasn't a full mile. Well, what are the rules in general? Like, I feel like how many people out there have said to a friend or a significant other or have tweeted or something, a DMR 1,600-meter split as their mile time? Mm. That's definitely a faux pas, right? You can't do that, right? That's not allowed. Relay splits in general. We'll tell your friend Ted Ginn Jr., who apparently is 1-0 all-time against Usain Bolt because his team 
beat Usain Bolt's team in a four by one when they were in different heats at the Penn Relays <laughs> one year. He's the he's the number one offender of this rule. Yeah, you can't you can't count relay splits. I guess you could if you're talking to another running nerd. I feel like it's fair if you give them the context because then they know what that means. Oh, you ran a 351 anchor. Okay, so in their head. But if you just go around telling people, especially people who are none the wiser, that you're a 351 miler after this, that's when you got you got to throw the flag on that one. But he's run 356. So yeah, so just say that like, people will be impressed. Yeah, but like three this 351 1600 is much faster than his 356 open mile. It has to be. Yeah. Right? A couple seconds at least. Yeah. Okay. Say, yeah, just say two seconds. Well, the chase. So can you call yourself like a 354 miler? I, I say you just steer clear of all of it. And since you already have a 356 PB, you just say I'm a 356 miler. And then you get tape of this race because this race is probably more impressive than the 356. This is, this tape this is way more impressive than the 356 mile because you probably just look like a god because you're passing everybody in the field because you got the baton. Where did they get the baton? 10th? 10th place. 10th place, Tenth, and then run all the way I up to second. Teams, yeah. yeah, in a major conference championship. He's not running in the B heat at, at the Mount Sac morning section of the Mount Sac relays. He's running in the SEC championships, and he did this. Yeah. So, 356 was this year? He ran that PB this year? Yeah. And you didn't have him ranked? No. There's a lot of good milers out there, man. And he's one of them. I'm going all in. I'm going all in on Elliot Kipsang. He's my new pick. I don't know. Sam well, Tanner, Cooper is... Tier, Cole Hawker. No, no, Elliot Kipsang. Yeah, I'm, I mean, so this is going to become a Mercy Chilanga and Elliot Kipsang podcast? Because Chilanga he's gonna wait. is our women's Alabama rep. So is Kipsang going to be our men's Alabama rep? Yeah, yeah. he's going he's gonna to figure out a way to spot them time. <laughs> so that way he can just chase. Or he'll start like... A few meters back from the starting line, so when the gun goes off, mm -hmm. he can get like a running start. You get a running start. Yeah. <laughs> Is that illegal? Yeah, I think you have to start at the starting line. I mean, Is he it, he get inch back a little bit. But... I guess when they call you to your marks, you know how they have you stand at the back a bit, and then you run up to your marks. You could go like way slower than everybody. Well, no, because you like, have to be set before you go. You can't be like a wide receiver in football where you're in motion. <laughs> this isn't the arena league. You have to actually like be set and then go. So I think they might they might call that back. How cool would that and be? Listen, that was like a strategy, and like you can risk like getting a false start. You, know? you can try. <laughs> We've seen been, too many fifteen hundred meter false starts at the NCAA championships recently uh, to to, to risk that again. Well, actually, we've seen one, but I'm still mad about it. I haven't forgot about James West getting unceremoniously DQ'd from West. Okay, so that was the highlight from SEC. ACC, have we seen anything from NC State on the women's side that's going to change the cross-country rankings? Uh, let me check. I don't think so. Or is that still TBD? Ran... I think that's still TBD. Um, okay. I didn't – I thought – yeah, I didn't – there was no – I was confused because there was no women's 5,000 on Thursday. There was the men's 5,000, mm -hmm. but there was no women's 5,000. So maybe – is there just no 5,000 in general? Wait a minute. That'd be interesting. Uh-oh. Gordon is discovering something. There's no 5,000. How's mm -hmm. that? 
Wait a minute. Did they all agree? Did they all agree? Did they all agree that we're not going to do Okay. Let me check. Hold on. Start list. That can't be right. That can't be right. Okay, there is. But maybe the – Okay. Okay. For a moment is. there, a we were in a historic situation. Okay, yeah, but did like, they – The women ran a DMR, correct? Last night? Yeah, DM, well? yeah women ran a DMR. Um, NC State won. Let's see who's mm -hmm. on that, that leg. They don't have the list of who ran it. Uh, but mm -hmm. their anchor ran 433. They ran 1107. NC State is kind of doing a little bit of both. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you see like New Mexico, BYU, um, Stanford, they're going all focused in on cross country. But NC State, because they ran their championship back in October, yeah. have yeah. been like dabbling in the indoor. And we'll see if that hurts them, helps them come cross country. Uh, but right now they, they're running track. They just ran eleven oh seven in the DMR, so mm -hmm. we'll see. So I saw. Yeah, I I oh, go. go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say that I saw on the site you posted those interviews from when you were in Las Vegas for the West Coast Conference Championship, and one of them was with Whitney Orton, and you asked her, "Hey, what's it like to not be racing right now?" And I thought that was a pretty interesting question and answer because she was at least going into last week number one do you still and she hasn't run a a cross-country race in months and she didn't run conference is she going to enter the meet is she going to enter ncaa's rank number one yes she Interesting. will yeah i mean while i actually we when we're there at west coast conference championships she did a workout instead of run the race and we filmed mm -hmm. the workout and we'll post our workout down the down the road and she looked good in the workout and she looked like the Whitney Orton that we saw back in October when she was you know beating Taylor Rowe of Oklahoma State by like multiple seconds I mean while L Donahue definitely is having a good season right now Whitney Orton right now hasn't done anything to say that she's lost a step whereas there's one athlete on the men's side that who was the unanimous number one, may not be the unanimous number one anymore because of a misstep, but Whitney Orton does, doesn't have any blemishes on her resume. We can we can break down our, our new top 10 if you want, or top 25. Do you want to look at the top 25 that I have or 10? Yeah, I mean, she, hasn't, she doesn't have any blemishes on her resume, but she doesn't have anything on her resume. Really? Well, she has the win at Oklahoma State. In October. In October. We're in, and we're in February. She has the fast track times of indoor of 2020. Which also was last year. <laughs> I just think it's remarkable. You you could be 100% right, but is this, is this not just about what Orton did before, but is it also about that nobody else has really separated themselves from the rest of the pack? I feel like if someone in one of these few cross-country races that we had – blew out the field and won by 20 seconds, maybe they would get a little bit of traction. Yeah, if we had like a Wesley Kip2 type performance, but we haven't If Donahue that. won by 20 seconds if Don instead of just a few at the end. Yeah, maybe. then that yeah, might okay. sway the, the results a bit, but we haven't seen that. Uh, mm -hmm. Donahue's still our number two. Should I, should, I, should I go through our top 10? Yeah, go through the as top many as you'd like. Well, 
I'll go to our top ten. So, um, in tenth we have Tyler Beeling, junior from Boise State, who is an international transfer. And I found this out. I was like, "Who's Tyler Beeling?" So if you Google Tyler Beeling, doing it's live, Tyler Beeling. Do you know the answer to this question, or he's from South Africa? Finding out right now. It's not Beeling. It's Belling. Oops. Tyler Belling. She's from South Africa, right? And she. She doesn't have that crazy of personal best. She's run 36, 14, she's run an 118 half marathon, 17, 16, 5K, but she's been running well um, in the cross country races. But I was like, Boise State, get a, this woman from South Africa. And I was like, Boise State, you know, they're good with uh, international athletes. And I was thinking, remember when Oregon was getting a bunch of international athletes because of uh, the move of the San Francisco coach? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Lehman, yeah, Lehman Winters. Well, apparently, the main reason Oregon, well, Liam Winters was getting a lot of these international athletes is because one of her assistants was the pipeline to these international stars, and that pipe okay. that that assistant is now the assistant at Boise State. So hmm. the reason why Oregon doesn't have like another like. European or South African athletes coming in is because now they're all going to Boise State. So that makes me think in maybe one to two years, Boise State is going to probably have a really stacked international roster that you know San Francisco had a few years ago that Oregon maintained um, a little bit the past few years. So look out for Boise State in the coming years because they got that international pipeline on lock right now. Hmm. Okay, so she is – so she's number – 10. What do we got here? I'm counting down. She was 10. Okay. Well, you're going to have to go Previously, real quick, you're Gordon, because if you, yeah, yeah, sorry. If you do three minutes on every person for well, the Well, I wanted to talk about how Boise State – I just want They got a pipeline now. We got okay. – They got a pipeline okay. that Oregon had or that San Francisco had. Okay. They took uh, the pipeline. Have, they rerouted the pipeline. They rerouted the pipeline. Um, Anna Camp is ninth. A BYU, she drops from six to nine. Uh, M- Melanie Smart, sophomore from Washington, stays at eight. Melanie Smart is an interesting character because we have yet to see her run, but she's that one low stick that Washington has that will make them relevant. Taryn O'Neill, seventh, moves up from 14th, the junior from Northern Arizona. NAU mm-hmm. on the women's side, low key, having a great season, could be top 10. Callie Logue of Iowa State. Is it low State. key at this point? If you no, talk about it, I'm every not episode, it is it low key anymore? No, people aren't talking about it. Let's be honest. I'm the only one talking about it. Uh, Callie Logue, six, Iowa State. Moving up from 19th to 5th, I have Zofia Dudek, the freshman from Stanford. Who would have thought that Zofia Dudek would be our top freshman and not that one over at NC State, Caitlin Tui. But she's been running well right behind her teammate, Ella Donahue. So she deserves to be – I mean – her and now Nico Young are going to be our two potential true freshman stars that can finish top five. Bethany Haas, mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota four. Mercy Chilanga, Alabama three. Uh, Mercy! L. Donahue, Stanford two. And then Whitney Orton, BYU one. So our top four stay intact. The main moves mm-hmm. are Zofia Dudek going from 19 to five and Taryn O'Neill going from 14 to seven. Yeah, and they proved themselves because they had yeah. that second really good race. They had the one earlier in the year, and you thought, okay, well, 
was that just a great day? But now they've done it twice. So those are well-earned rankings. BYU has an interesting situation. You talked about the indoor cross-country mix. And just because of eligibility reasons, uh, BYU has a pretty clean break on who they're running indoors and who they're running cross-country because you know, they have one of the best DMR teams in the country. They have obviously contenders who can, you know, score points and, you know, contest for national titles in the other mid-distance and distance events. But it's interesting. If you just took – you have Anna Camp there, right, in ninth? Yeah. If you – now, she's more of a half-miler, miler, but she doesn't have indoor. And then you have Courtney Wayman, who last year was a stud for them in, in cross-country. She only has indoor and not cross. If you could swap those two right now, BYU would be in just this crazy position for both the DMR and for cross, because that would be an upgrade for each season. I know it's sort of silly yeah. to speculate about that, but it's just kind of funny how that how that worked out. There's probably a lot of other teams who are thinking the same thing of like, man, if we could just swap these two, these two years of eligibility for these two athletes, like we could improve both of our teams' chances. Because you put if you put Wayman in there for the next year, like she beat Orton last year at NCAA championships. So you'd have you know, the top two runners probably in the nation, and then you'd be in a much, much stronger spot. But let's go to the men. Maybe maybe uh in the NCA we should start treating eligibility like the NBA treats like traded player exceptions and stuff like that, where like, hey, yeah, you you get four years of eligibility per athlete you sign, but if one athlete only uses two or three, you could take that extra year and throw it on a different athlete. So you just your scholarship is just eligibility years and you can mix and match them as to whoever you want. So you could have like well, one athlete take up eight years and the other athlete never run. Well but but this year it seems especially because they're on top of each other these two seasons, it's like well what's it what does it really matter if you think about it? Right, they're they're competing. It's they're the exact same weekend, for goodness sakes. I know there's good reasons why they don't why they don't do it, but it is just a funny quirk of of the the eligibility system, and with the the COVID year as well too. Men's side of things, top ten. I'll read them for you. Number ten. Luis are you wait, Are you reading them because wow. I'm going to take too much time? No, are you reading them because I'm, I'm just kidding? Take too just, much time. I wanted to do the Grijalva joke. That was it. That was the only reason why I was reading it. Go ahead. Oh, I you read your joke. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, it's Lewis okay. Grijalva's not tenth. Come on. Sorry. That was a joke. Uh, that was part of the. I was trying to be funny. I got it. It was good. Um, All right. So I'll do the Abdi real one. Ten. Fastest Ab I got. No, Abdihamid Nur of Northern Arizona moves up to one spot. Goes into top ten. He was eleventh. Isai Rodriguez, who we finally saw, he ran well in a dual meet against Tulsa, moves up from 18 to 9, the junior from Oklahoma State. Then 8, we have Amoyne Kemboy of Arkansas, who kind of drops from 5 to 8. I dropped him mainly because I'm just thinking cross-country, indoor. I don't know what his indoor workload's going to be. You know, Cooper Tier is also in our top 10. We'll get to him later. Cooper Tier isn't going to be doing – I don't. is not doing the 5K – He's doing more shorter distances, whereas Simone Kemboy, I think it's going to be looked upon to a 5-3 double, and I feel like that might take a lot of that out of his legs when he runs a 10K in, in mm -hmm. on Monday. So Simone Kemboy of Arkansas is 8. Casey Klinger moves up from 15 to 7 uh, for BYU. Eduardo mm -hmm. Herrera 
uh, moves up from seven to six for Colorado. Nico Young moves up from six to five, the freshman from Northern Arizona. So we had two freshmen in the fifth spot, both the men and the women's side. And then our top four, which I think is a clear top four, Cooper Tier of Oregon, Wesley Kip 2-3 of Iowa State. And then I've dropped Luis Grijalva to two of Northern Arizona and bumped Connor Mance, the top returner, back into the one spot, the junior from BYU. That's fair. I think that's accurate. You know, it wasn't like Grijalva lost to just one person. He got beat by a couple people. By all accounts, he was trying in that race. And Mance is steady. Mance is solid. I'm still wondering yeah, about that- Kip 2. St- you know, Kip 2, is the I think, has the biggest variation because yeah. you can see him running away with it, but you could also see him you know, not only not winning, but maybe falling behind that, that pack. Because that's going to be a tight group, right? I don't see... We, we've seen how close Nico is to Connor Mance, right? And we've seen how close Herrera and Grijalva are. Like, there's going to be a big pack there, I feel like. Yeah. Well, there might be a big pack. I also think that there's a clear separation, though, of the top four. Where? I think Mance, Grijalva, oh, Kip, two, and Tier. I think talent-wise, they're like... Hold on. Like why are you Nico... cutting Nico out? Nico, why are you Nico... cutting Nico out? Hold up. Hold up. There's so much Nico, Nico pessimism. He's a freshman. On the side and, of the podcast. I mean, you know, Nico, when he, I, I know it's a track meet, but like he ran like a 1344 5K uh, or whatever. The same uh, race where Grijalva was running 13 teens. And uh, Kip how long ago was that? is running an that amazing 10K. Connor Mance, I just feel like there's a separate, I think experience wise, Mance, Grijalva, Kip 2, and Tier are just at a different level. I mean, Grijalva and Tier are both running 13 teens. Mance is Mance. And then Kiptu is, you know, running crazy times from the Juco world, right? But, yeah, Nico Young yeah. almost beat Connor Mance. But let's just be honest. Connor Mance didn't know. And he beat Luis Grijalva. And he beat Luis Grijalva. Did that not happen? Yeah, you, when you, you, I know you weren't there. I wasn't there either because the winner started. Yeah, so did Abdi Haman Nur. Exactly. Should Abdi be ranked ahead of Nico Young? No, but I think that that's okay. he could be in that tight pack too. You're saying these four people are head and shoulders above everything else, and you're basing it off of a 5K Nico Young ran last year. Who cares? You've seen his, what shape he's in right now. He's thrown two strikes right down the middle, his two cross-country yeah, I, races in, NA, in an I NAU think, jersey. Stop doubting NAU, Gordon. Stop doubting I, not, Nico Young. Come on. There's no doubt when you say Nico Young's going to finish fifth in the nation. Come on. Uh, you're not doubting an athlete. I don't, if you say I don't think he's there's going to be as big of a Connor Mance. Come on. I'm not saying he's going to beat him. I'm saying there's not as big of a gap because there is. You're making my you're making my point for me. The fact that Nur beats uh, Grijalva just shows how deep this thing is. I think there's one person who has blowout potential, and by blowout I mean wins by it's not even a blowout, but could win by like 10 seconds, and that would be someone like Kip too. Just because we haven't seen him, you know, full go in cross this this calendar year. We saw him last year and he was doing really good. I think we don't know yet his ceiling. Everybody else, though, I mean, it's gonna if Mance wins, it's gonna be a dogfight. If Grijalva wins, it's gonna come down to that final stretch. 
if Nico Young wins, it's going to come down to the final stretch. Isai Rodriguez. Like, I think a lot of people have a chance here. I think there's a, I think there's a tier. I think there's a, a one a tier and then a, a one two uh a one b tier. And I, just I think, think I'll give Young you that there's a tier. The one b tier. That's all I think. I think I'll, I'll give you that there's a tier, but I think the tier is at about ten. I think that's no. where it is. I think it's about ten. No, you can't say Casey Klinger is in the same conversation as Connor Mance and Grijalva. Yeah, I just did. He's no, going to be there. I'm not, not saying he's going to win, no. but I'm saying he's going to be there. He's going to be there. They're going to be there. Someone They're going to be there, yeah. For, through the, they'll be there through the first 5K or 6K or 7K, but in the final 2K, there's going to be four guys, and it's going to be Tier, Kip2, Grijalva, and Mance. All right, I'll and take then that Nico bet. Young and Abdi Nur will be battling Casey Klinger and Brandon Garnica in that second pack. That's what I think. All right. Let's make this very specific bet that that's what's going to look like at 8K. And then I will bet you something that you owed Lincoln or that Lincoln owed you. I just, yeah. I absolved, <laughs> I assumed all, all his assets debts when he left. Liabilities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's talk about this meet in Austin, Texas, which starts tonight. Well, don't you want to know Friday. who I have ranked 250th? I don't know because you probably don't think you probably think they're going to beat Nico Young. So yeah, I want to hear who it is. In two hundred and fiftieth place, drum roll. Ben Savino, senior, Ole Miss. Congratulations, mm. your man number two fifty. What about one fifty six? One fifty six is Dario De Caro. Great name, Dario De Caro. Mm -hmm. Senior for Boise right. State. That's a great name. Okay, Dario one more. Dicaro. How about 87? 87? 87 is Victor Schitzma. Another great name. Schitzma, freshman, Oklahoma State. All so right. many great you know names I mean? in, in running. Gotta love it. I could just yeah. have so much fun uh, just reading names. Okay, one more. How about 178? Who's 178? <laughs> JP Trojan, senior. Okay, there we go. Syracuse. All right. All right now okay. we're just. That was, that was my last one. That's your last one. one. All right. Austin, Texas. This meet uh, starts Friday night. Saturday night is the elite of the elite section here. I'll run through some of these fields real briefly here. So, women's 800, you got Ajay Wilson, Charlene Lipsy. Alexa Ephraimson, Kayla Edwards, Kate Grace, Sierra Brown, Women's 15, Gabrielle W. Stafford, Colleen Quigley, Sinclair Johnson, Nikki Hiltz, Corey McGee, Men's 1500 is not going to have Brazier or Centro, which was a bummer, but Josh Thompson, Eric Jenkins, Charlie Hunter, Nick Willis, Robbie Andrews, Justin Knight, Men's 5K, Ryan Hill, Hillary Board, Kirabella Rasu, Women's 5, Eleanor Purrier, Rachel Schneider, Wayne Kalati, Emma Coburn, Men's 10,000 has Chalanga in it. Women's 10K will have the debut of Constance Klosterhoffen and also Kira D'Amato. Anything stand out to you there? I mean, Kira D'Amato, it's my mm -hmm. probably the only at the main athlete I'm most interested in seeing. She was supposed to run that 10K back in 2020, early 2020, uh, but she. Got sick. You're still mad about that because if you still lost mad about the draft that, to Lincoln. I would I would have won the draft. <laughs> and then, you know, two or three weeks later, she runs an incredible marathon. Uh, but yeah. now that, you know, the Bowerman women put down some fast 10Ks, 
you know Rachel Schneider's going to be in the mix and a few others. The 10K is going to be a hard team to make, and you're definitely going to need a standard. So if Kara wants to have any chance to be in the picture come June, she needs to have that standard under her belt, and this will be one of the first opportunities to get that that mark. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how close she is to it. Is she far away from it? Does she shatter it and show that, like, hey, I – if I'm a two, two twenty, what's it? What two twenty two marathoner? Mm-hmm. What was? Yeah. If I'm a two twenty two marathoner, maybe she, it's like I should be able to throw down these ten k marks. I'm interested in that one as well, too. And the presence of Klosterhofen means it's going to be it's going to be fast. I don't know if it's going to be thirty forty seven, like the Bowerman women ran, but they don't need to do that in order to get the standard standard. Her her PR right now in the 10,000 is 32-33. So she needs a, a big chunk of time off of that. I think she will do that just based on some of her other times, as you mentioned, the 222 marathon, the 68-minute half marathon. Of course, all those 5,000s. I mean, some of them are time trialed and not sanctioned, but she was running 15 lows, basically. So that seems like a possibility. Um, women's five, I'm also interested in as well, too, because I want to see schneider v purrier because that could be for an olympic spot in a couple months time purrier um obviously has options in the 15 and the five just ran that quick two mile schneider is schneider's always going to be under the radar i just feel like because she's not in bowerman and Right. I mean, they just they get a lot of the attention and Sisson and Huddle are going to get a lot of the attention because they've been at, at I mean, Huddle especially has been at like a high level for so long. Sisson's been one of the best marathoners in the country and and Purrier, too, just because what she's done on the indoor track. Like They're always going to get, I think, more attention to them. But Schneider can get on the team in either the 10 or the five. So I want to see see that one. Men's side of things, I guess I would say that. The 1500 is the most interesting race with just to see what Thompson can do and just to see how many standards get knocked out from the Americans. Because even though this is a crazy year with the times and everybody's losing their mind about shoes, I still could see a scenario where we go to the Olympic trials and you have a final where a lot of the people don't have the standard for the men in the 1500 because that's just that just seems to be how gravity works in U.S. track and field when it comes to men's mid-distance. Yeah, I have a feeling we're not going to get the standard. In the, I, I, 1,500, it's just, for some reason, the women are able to get get these standards in the, mid, in the 1,500, but the men don't. And mm-hmm. I feel like this could be another situation because men just love to sleep well, on that third lap and, like, kind of turn it into, like, I have the kick and I'm just trying to win the race and – Here's my counter to that, though. Oliver Hoare ran 332 indoors, right? We saw Sam Tanner run 334. These guys in this race, people like Josh Thompson, you know, they obviously have the ability to to run that quick, and it's outdoors, so you think that would help them a tad. I don't know, but I, I guess I could see a scenario where we go in and four people have the standard, <laughs> and we're just shaking our head again because that barrier is so difficult to – to beat women's 15, uh, Quigley, as I mentioned, Sinclair Johnson, 
That'll be fun with Gabrielle Debut Stafford, Nikki Hilton, Corey McGee. That's that's a good field. That's a good field. And um we could maybe see something under four, depending on how sharp they are right now. But I don't know. TBD on that one, I guess. Do you want me Men's to make eight? predictions of what I can make a prediction of what I bet the winning time will be for all these main races? Okay, I'll write it in here so we can judge you on it later. Men's and I 800 will be very close. Featuring Isaiah Harris. Men's 800 will be one in 146.1. No, 146.2. Women's 800 will be one in. Who's in it? It's a good field. It's a one, good field. It looks. Looks like it's almost like a Olympic trials final here. I'm gonna go with a one fifty nine point eight. Women's fifteen. Women's fifteen. Four oh Oh, wow. Okay, that's, that's slower than what I have. I would probably put the over under that one at like 401. Men's 15. Here's your chance. Just Three. say it. 331. Just say it. No. 330. What's the Olympic standard? 35. 35. 35. 35. It'll be 336.9. Do you have a pick on who wins it? Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson. Okay. All right. And if he doesn't show up, then Justin Knight. 5,000? Women? Yeah. 15.04. You have a pick? Wait, 15.04? Really? You think it's going to be that slow? Yes. I mean, that'll get on the standard. Okay. I guess it just seems slow because everything... uh, Everything after what the Bowerman women did last summer. Did, that's the thing. So. We're gonna get. We're gonna think that's normal, but like that's not normal. That's only normal when your I'm gonna coach go, is the meat director. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under. No, men's five. Ryan Hill, Hillary Board, Kiribati Arasa. The Olympic standard is thirteen thirteen point five five zero. Uh, it's gonna be thirteen seventeen. No, men's ten. Hold on. Wait. No. Wait. Wait. It's gonna be like thirteen, twenty-one. You get all these right. I'm gonna be really impressed. Uh, men's <laughs> ten thousand. Of course, the standard's a tough one. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. The whole field. Let me read the whole field to you on this one. You want yeah. the whole field on this okay. one? Yeah, read it. Uh, I mean, I'm looking Chilanga, at Chilanga, but... Chilanga, Talby, Renwicky, Fred Huxum, Connor Winter, Mark Parrish, Tom Anderson, Reed Fisher, Arsene Guriel. Roy Linklater, Sagai, Tume, well, Weldy Banos, and then Benjamin, Ben Eidenshank, Wisconsin Badger. So what's the standard? 27-28. I'm going to go with... Right, Mark. 20... Got to go faster, Gordon. All right. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm going to be right. Twenty. It's going to be 28-20. 28? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, 28 flat. 28 flat. 
still a little too slow for me. I, I'll go. I'm going under on all your lines, by the way. I know. Right, finally, women's. I'm telling you, it's not it's women's ten thousand. Women's ten thousand. You think you think Demato and Klosterhoff are going to get the standard, right? Thirty-one. Yeah. So what's the standard on women's ten k? Thirty-one twenty-five. So they're going to run thirty-one nineteen. I think I would go under on literally all of these. Yeah. Take okay. The under man. Parlay it all. Put together. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna package it all together. Okay. So and then we have tonight. We have some more sections, and we got some fast high schoolers. Hobbs Kessler is going to be racing the fifteen hundred. Uh, Sophia Goriarin is going to be running the 800. She's the high school sophomore. It's been running really well. And then you got, you have Craig Engels in a 5,000. His PR is above 14 minutes. You want to make a prediction on whether or not he PRs? Yes, he PRs. He, okay, he good. So yes, the 14. Okay. And then you got Boris Berrien in the 800, scheduled to run his first race since 2018. He's going to run like 150. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go under, I'll go under on that. I think it's interesting. So when I was looking up Barian's times, like when the last time he ran and then you remember, okay, he made the last Olympic team, which is longer ago than we realized because it got canceled. But then you also think about, obviously Grant Holloway hasn't made an Olympic team. Noah Lyles hasn't made an Olympic team. <laughs> Michael Norman hasn't made an Olympic team. Like so much yeah. has changed in the last five years. In, in in track and field, it's actually quite remarkable when you look at who the like. Obviously, Donovan Brazier didn't make an Olympic team. Bryce Hopple, like, do we? No one even knew who Bryce Hopple was in in 2016, and then now he's coming in as a a medal contender. It's just it's like weird, uh, t- top to bottom. It would have been that there would have been that level of turnover even if it was last year. But the extra year makes it even more pronounced. Of like, man, that's right. Like, Noah Lyles has never run the Olympics. That's just weird to think. He's never been in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay. Any other races? Any other bets you want to make on this? This meet? Well, there's a certain athlete making her 5K debut, and I'm really excited for that. Emma Coburn (laughs) making her 5K debut. Oh, that's right. That's right. You talked about that. On the show, basically one of our first episodes, I think it was yeah. probably almost a year ago when you were trying to figure out, or I don't know when it was, but I remember the episode, you were completely shocked that Emma Comer had never run a 5K. She had rabbited, but she's never actually run a 5,000 before. Do you have a prediction on her time? I don't know. It's, it's, uh, well, just at the ripe old age of 30, she's finally going to run a 5K that probably everyone... And you could say how many distance runners wait till age 30 to run a 5k. I think she's probably mm-hmm. one of very few who've ever done that. Um, yeah. But uh, I think she'll run. I think she'll, what's the uh, Olympic standard? 1510. And you have the winner of that f- race going 1504. Yeah. I think she'll run 1509. There it is. All right. Yeah. There you have it. I'll be I'll be getting some interviews. Who do you want me to make sure I interview? Here, it's been it's been a while. I need to make sure I'm not too rusty. Uh, if you could get if you could get one interview, who would it be? Ooh, one interview, only one. I'm trying. I mean, I'm gonna do more than one. 
going to be hard to get. <laughs> be like, yeah, uh. that's what I'm saying. I'll pick someone who you think I may not get, or we'll call it the Gordon special. And I'll just make sure I get that person. Um, Do you have a pick? I don't know. I don't want to put a lot of pressure on like an individual person. That seems kind of weird. Um, okay. I, I'd be, I think it'll be interesting. I, w- I mean, obviously we want to get Hobbs Kessler because he's done something interesting. I mean, you could get one for Lincoln and get Zuhar Talabi. Talbi. I'm sure Lincoln I will. would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. The, he was he was the JC. Lincoln paid a lot of attention to, to JC results. And then he was supposed to – Talby was supposed to go D1, right? was going to make a big splash. It didn't It didn't work out. So, yeah. Okay. I'll do that one. That's for Lincoln. Get, get, but if you think get of a one, Colin, just text Get me. Colin Quigley. Find out who's her sponsor. Okay. Maybe she debuts her sponsor at this meeting. Maybe. I don't know, actually, if she's going to do that. But pure speculation on my part. You're, you're – but, okay. The, I was going to interview her anyway. Now, Talby's a good one because that one I might have over, overlooked. So – all right. I'm on it. Gordon, good episode. Good week. Uh, we'll be back, I guess, on Monday. And we'll recap all these results. Preview the week to come. Indoors winding down. Cross country's winding down. Lots of exciting things to talk about. Thanks, Elon, for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone.